Welcome to Beijing's Daily News. Today is the 24th of November 2022. We'll be covering an analysis of Curve's Llama, user experience improvements over time, and the sustainability of Web3 infrastructures. Let's get to it. On November the 23rd, KOL Zero X Footbar shared his views on Curve's newly released stablecoin white paper on Twitter. The following is its main content. Curve launched their stablecoin white paper today, called Llama, which means lending liquidating AMM algorithm. Big problem with lending markets is that people can pump the spot price of illiquid collateral, max borrow against manipulated prices, then let their positions be liquidated. But because the collateral is so illiquid, their protocol ends up with bad debt. So lending is inextricably dependent on AMM liquidity. But these AMMs are external. LPs can withdraw at any time. Most protocols require active governance to approve or deny new token listings, or to modify LTV ratios in risky times. LTV params are similar to option pricing. Llama solved this by internalizing the AMM, making the collateral token be LP shares itself. In the example of ETH collateralizing a USD stablecoin, the user would deposit ETH as collateral, but this gets transformed into an ETH and USD LP position. As ETH price goes down, the LP position gradually sells some ETH to buy some USD. When ETH price goes up again, the LP position sells the USD and buys back some ETH. In case ETH never goes back up again, the LP position has enough USD to back the debt. This transforms liquidations from a jagged all at once or nothing affair with huge slippage losses into a smooth transitioning that could even earn the collateral holder swap fees if they weather the volatility. Some people will probably dislike this because it puts more responsibility and risk onto the collateral holder. My counterpoint is that the risk is already there, and if you require the protocol to internalize it, then we'll see cascading collapses. You can only build truly decentralized governance, minimizing mechanisms by properly matching risk and reward. Llama feels like a step in the right direction to me. On November the 24th, pseudotheos.eth published an article titled From Arpanet to Web3. The main content of the article is as follows. The internet as we know it today is a result of decades of research and development. As the internet's infrastructure evolved, computer user interface changed drastically. We've seen the rise and fall of Netscape, the birth and death of Internet Explorer, and watch as new technologies like HTML5 and CSS3 have taken the internet by storm. On top of these building blocks, cryptocurrency was born, pioneered by Bitcoin in 2009. Cryptocurrency makes subsidization more transparent, and because of this, most applications today are highly financialized, most revolving around currencies, tokens, and NFTs from banking. This high user experience friction and development limitations, further, Financialization is upfront. Every transaction costs gas. The transparent pay-as-you-go economy successfully addresses externalities around usage, but it also limits innovation and use cases. These are the growing pains of any new industry. Today, many blockchain interactions are direct and low-level, like the BBS systems were in the early days of the internet. However, as the industry continues to mature, abstractions will be added on top of these. These improvements are essential as the internet transitions towards self-custody instead of existing silo systems of today. Two immediate UX improvements are actively being developed. The first is account abstraction, which allows users to interact with a blockchain using a higher-level account model without understanding the details of the underlying cryptographic keys. 
The second is BLS signature aggregation. We signatures to be combined into a single signature, reducing the number of signatures that need to be stored and transmitted, streamlining transactions. As the user experience matures, wallets will start to tailor themselves towards specific use cases and continue to abstract away from the underlying blockchain technologies. The next phase of innovation will be around this UX abstraction, making it easier for users to do what they want to do without understanding the details of the underlying technology. Today, Ethereum is the most vibrant developer ecosystem, and Solidity is a smart contract language with the most tooling. With the right mix of infrastructure, applications, and user experience, Web3 can completely change how we interact with the internet and with each other as long as sound, sustainable, and useful applications gets built on top of this infrastructure. On November the 22nd, polynian.eth analyzed the sustainability of L1s, dApps, and L2s on Mira. The following are his main points. Sustainability can simply be defined as a protocol remains online, resilient to hacks, and usable under all conditions. Arguably, it also needs to be relevant and keep up to with contemporary demands. Different types of projects have different requirements to attain this. The most challenging, of course, is L1s with proof of stake and work consensus. For L1s, they need to consider economic, where A, subsidies override network-wide operational costs. B, demand for base asset. Demand drivers can be multifarious over subsidies. Then technical, cost of operation grows linearly. Cost of verification is constant. Then social, multiple development teams, plenty of organized individuals that can enforce change. The next layer comes immutable smart contracts like Uniswap, but they do have two additional challenges. A, you need funds to be sustainable and have a variety of them. B, it needs ongoing technical and business development to be relevant. Both A and B can potentially be achieved with a token. There's a large variety of dApps which will have different demand drivers and different operational expenses and subsidies. Either way, the point is they need to ensure demand matches or exceeds supply. As for L2s, an immutable L2 pretty much only needs one sequencer and one honest prover to be live. In reality though, most L2s are not going to be immutable. Some will have multiple sequences and are going to spend substantial amounts subsidizing protocol growth. And some like optimism are other things like public goods funding. Fortunately, L2s can experiment with different revenue models, particularly application-specific layer 2s and 3s, etc. We already have interesting examples like DYX, like Immutable X, who have zero gas fees, but are profitable enough through trading fees, or so rare with a direct application-specific business model. For general purpose L2s, they'll of course need to consider user transaction fees and MEV, but also look towards novel models. For example, turnkey layer 3s on top, dApps directly contract out block space, etc. Either way, the same rules apply to layer 2s. The greater their revenues, the more they can grow and thrive. Summing it all up, at the end of the day, crypto projects don't bend the basic rules. Like businesses and nations that came centuries and millennia before, there is no such thing as conjuring value out of thin air. It must be earned through different means appropriate to the protocol. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to bishingventures.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Bishing Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Bishing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.